0: This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. I I, want to just give you a few verses before I jump into the main text. Stay there in John 20, but I want to give you a few verses today. And... um, Vision Sunday is not just about the vision for Zoe Church alone, but can I say this as your pastor? It's also about you having personal vision. And can I just say to you, vision does not come from church. Vision comes from God. Our God is a dream giver. He's a vision dispenser. And I'll just say to you very uh, loud and proud, you don't have enough vision. Vision. You need more vision for your life. You need more vision. And vision goes, we're going to God today because we know vision comes from God. Let me just give you a a few verses of why vision is so important. And look here on the screen, Proverbs 29, verse 18. Watch what the Bible says. It says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. So now remember, not vision from Oprah, although I love Oprah. Shoot, you get a car, you get a car, I'm signing up for that. But um, but not not vision from Tony Robbins, great Netflix documentary, but not vision from there. Vision from God, prophetic revelation, prophetic vision. Prophetic vision is vision that comes from God. It says where there is no vision, when you don't have vision, you cast off restraint. Translation, when you don't have a dream from God, you're going to live however you want. Sleep however you want. Spend however you want. Loose living. Who cares? But you actually get restraint. You actually get disciplined thinking and disciplined living when you have vision from God. When you get some marching orders. When you get something that God had, a mandate from heaven. Marching orders from God. When there is no vision, people cast off restraint. So let's go opposite. When there is vision, there is discipline. When there is vision, there's identity. When there is vision, there's direction. Somebody say amen and watch how vision comes, right? Watch this, Habakkuk chapter two and watch what the Bible says to this prophet Habakkuk. Now, it's a minor prophet that does not mean that Habakkuk's minor and some of the other prophets are major. When we talk about minor prophets and major prophets in the Bible, that's just saying it was a shorter book of the Bible. So Habakkuk's packed full of great vision. You ought to go back in your Bible today and read Habakkuk chapter one and you'll actually read in Habakkuk chapter one what was happening in Habakkuk's day was actually the same thing with ISIS in his day. So he was dealing with ISIS type of, of days and God speaks to this man about vision for the future. Come on, have we need vision for America and vision for our future. So God speaks to this prophet Habakkuk. Watch what God says about vision and dreams. Habakkuk chapter two says, write the vision down, make it plain on tablets that he may run with it who reads it. For the vision is yet for, oh, come on, if you got a Bible, circle that, if you got a cell phone, highlight it, for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie, though it tarries, come on, be patient, wait for it, because it will surely come to pass. In other words, what the Bible's saying is when vision comes to your life, you better get your moleskin out. You better write that down. You better open your notes in your iPhone 7 and write that down. Because even though it takes a while, now listen, God is going to give you vision sometimes that may not happen for a decade. But though it, though it tarry, it will come to pass. If God spoke it, if it's his will, it's his bill. He will bring it to pass. So it says, write it down, make it plain. When God starts speaking, you start writing. Oh, Jesus, that was good. Come on, somebody. Yeah. I don't even know what those noises are. But when God starts speaking, you start writing. And it says, make it plain. In other words, don't let it be a bunch of gibberish. Make it plain what God is saying. God is saying to my family. God is saying to my business. God is saying to my marriage. God is saying to my children. God will not speak to you just in one area of your life. He'll speak to you in all areas of your life. Somebody say amen. Amen. And write it down. Make it plain. Even though it tarries, it's going to happen because God spoke. God is not a liar. Somebody say amen. Men can lie, God cannot lie. So I just want to give you some clear direction of what we're talking about. Vision Sunday, prophetic vision, dreams that come from God, God has given for us. Now, year one, the vision was start the thing. Let's get it started in here. Those are lyrics to a current song a couple years ago. Year one, let's get it started. Now, this is year two, the vision from God to Zoe Church, what God is saying, vision and dream to our community. And I cannot wait to preach and tell you what God is saying to our community. Go to uh, uh, John chapter 20, and let's read a few verses. Taylor, you're good. Come on back after you do your push-ups. Come on. Don't you be late now. Come on. Okay, John chapter 20. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and he said to them, peace with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and he showed him his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. I want to rest on this verse in John chapter 20, verse 21. This is what I believe the prophetic vision, the prophetic revelation for Zoe Church is in 2016 and 2017. Peace to you. As the father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, just to give context for those of you that are new to church, this is right after Jesus, our, we believe, our God, he went to the cross to die for the sins of the world. The Bible says that he was dead, so dead that he died for three days. The Bible says, and we believe that our God, he went down and he got the keys to everlasting life. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He gets up out of the grave, and one of the first things he does is he reveals himself to the disciples. Now, we believe that the disciples, the majority, 12 of them, they had been traveling with Jesus from his age 30 to age 33. For three years, these guys left their businesses, whether they were tax collectors or fishermen, they left their businesses and they followed Jesus. Now, in these three years, they would see unprecedented, incredible miracles. They would see Jesus do unbelievable things. For three years, they watched sign after sign, wonder after wonder, miracle after miracle. God did such unbelievable things that, in fact, the book of John says that if all the miracles were written down in a book, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to hold them. So we only see a few of them in the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, after Jesus dies for the sins of the world, he gets back up out the grave. He comes and he reveals himself to the disciples. Now, it, to be noted is that, remember, these guys are hiding out for fear of the what? For fear of the Jews. They're, they're fearful for their life. They're afraid. They're wondering, um, is this guy like, was he for real? Is he like the Messiah or is he a false prophet? Because the time's clicking. He said he'd get up out the grave, but we have not seen this guy and we're afraid that they're going to take our lives. What are we supposed to do now? Do we go back to tax collecting? Do we go back to our fishermen businesses? What are we supposed to do? They're huddled up. They're afraid for their life. They're afraid that this guy's not going to return. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that Jesus appears in the midst of them. Jesus shows up and he's like, guys, what did I tell you? huh? Here I am. And he says, guys, it's, it's me. Feel my side. Don't touch my love handle, but feel my side. He says, feel my, isn't that the worst when someone hugs you and they just, it's like, hey, come on, you could have put your hand anywhere. Why'd you put it right there? Just don't, don't put your hand there, bro. It's like, I don't want you to touch me here. I'm okay with here. Don't touch me here. Anyways. So he said, feel my side, see my hands. It's me. And then watch what he does. He reveals to them who he is. And he's so excited that he's finished his, his task, his mission. What God had sent him to do. He's so ecstatic that his part is done. Listen to what he says in John chapter 20, verse 21. As the Father sent me, so now I send you. As I was sent. Come on, what does the Bible say in John chapter 3, verse 16? For God so loved the world that he what? One translation says he gave, but today for context, let's say he sent For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whomsoever shall believe in him shall not perish, that's hell, but have everlasting life, that's heaven. Jesus fulfills the call of God in his life, and he says, as I was sent to do a task, now I send you to do a task. As I was sent by the Father, now you're being sent by me. Come on, anybody excited today that you and I have been sent by God to do a mission and a task? Come on, if you're excited about it, come on, we're sent by God. I want to just preach a message today. It's the theme for this next year. It's the vision and the marching orders of Zoe Church. Write down the title. It's called Sent to the City. Sent to the City. There's a t-shirt for it. There's a hat outside for it. We got some seat drops for you. There's some photos that you can take. But I pray that this word would get in your spirit. That this word, would more than a t-shirt and a handout, that this would get in your heart. This would be a revelation to you you, that you know that you're sent to LA. That we're gonna occupy this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. Come on, let's pray today. Father, we thank you for this wonderful city. Thank you for this incredible church. God, thank you for all the great things that you're doing amongst us and with us. God, we are so mindful. We are so grateful that you give us vision. You give us dreams. God, we are going forward. We are marching forward with vision and direction from on high. We love you this morning more than life itself. God, we're thanking you in advance for all the wonderful things that you have in store for zoe church and the people of our city god thank you that in the coliseum today we are saying let your kingdom come and your will be done prove today whether you love the seahawks or the rams but as for our church we are saying we're going with the underdog the 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 defeated one we're going with the rams in jesus name and everybody said together come on zoe say amen. amen we're rooting for the underdog we're rooting for the guy that has no chance come on somebody um, I, I remember uh, when I was in, in Bible college. I don't know. It, how many of you, by show of hands, you went to college? Let me see the people that went to college. I went to college for four years. I graduated from uh, on the east side of, of Los Angeles. I graduated with a degree in pastoral ministry. 3.6 GPA. Don't judge me. And, um, and, and 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 I went to Bible college for four years there. When I was in Bible college, my freshman year of Bible college, my freshman year, my first year there, it was, it was a rough, rough year. And uh, my first year of Bible college, kinda, I only went to church about two times, but I was in Bible college. And um, and I was kind of finding my way still. I was kind of a lost soul. And I had long hair. I had really long hair. The reason why I had long hair is because I still had this physique. Couldn't get a girl to save my life. But I noticed that surf, surfers were getting... They were getting hooked up with women. I couldn't get a girl, so I grew up my hair like a surfer. Still can't surf to this day. But, um, so I grew up my hair and I was living in the dorms. I was having a good time. And I remember if the, I lived on a floor, the second floor with 42 guys, 42 other males, 42 other 18 and 19 year olds on one floor. In my quadrant, we had a bathroom in my bathroom. And we, you know, we shared the bathroom with a lot of guys in my bathroom. Uh, my freshman year of Bible college, I put up two pictures of, they were kind like goals and um so the first picture i put up in our bathroom was i put up put up a picture of my physical goal anybody you remember abercrombie and fitch (laughs) not trying to judge you if you're still wearing it but i'm saying you remember abercrombie and fitch because they had a day if you're still wearing it today it's all right we'll pray but um but i remember abercrombie and fitch what that's my whole wardrobe it's all i wore 1998. And uh, 1998, I'm wearing all Abercrombie, and when you used to uh, dress and buy stuff at Abercrombie, when you would purchase something at the store, they would give you a bag with some like Fabio looking guy with his shirt off. It's like, for him, he's like, no, for real, touch my side. that's fine. You could touch, you can definitely touch my side. Just don't, don't let your hands stay there too long. Anyways, but, um, but, but he was just shredded guy. And I remember I took one of the Abercrombie guys and I, me and, me and my buddy Aaron, I was with him this week. We, that, that was like, we're going to look like that. So we're going to work out, we're going to eat paleo and we're going to look like that. That was the goal. And so I had a physical goal, physical image of what I wanted to look like. Then, then, then underneath that, me and my buddy Aaron, we, we wanted to go on vacation, to Cabo San Lucas, come on somebody and and Cabo San Lucas so we had you know the white sandy beaches and the beautiful blue ocean water and you know like just just that picture of of Cabo San Lucas and that was my financial goal we were going to save up money save up our paychecks which we were making no money at the time and um, we're going to save up our money because that was the goal that was the image, that was the vision that that this was our physical goal and this was our financial goal I want to tell you that our God speaks in Pictures. Our God speaks in dreams. God loves to show you an image of where you're going. He loves to give you a dream. That's why some of you, you dream in prophetic visions. You dream in what God's going to do. That's not weird or bizarre. That's God speaking to you. That's why some of you during worship, you get a picture of what God's doing. You get a picture of what God's saying. Because our God is an artist. Our God loves to paint pictures. He loves to show you the direction. I want to tell you that today is about us seeing the vision and the picture that God has for Zoe Church, and it's us being sent to occupy the city of los angeles with the gospel of jesus christ come on anybody excited today we can put a picture on the wall because we know what he said as the father sent me so i also send you just give you a few things to write down to encourage you today and write down the first one that you need to know this about god i love this about him our god is in the sending business he's in the he loves to send All throughout scripture, all throughout the Bible, God sent people to do stuff. He loves to send. He's like, FedEx, UPS, what can God do for you? I'm telling you, God loves to send. God, watch what he does with Abraham. God sends Abraham to a land that he will not know. God sends Moses and tells him to go speak to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. I'm tired of my people being in captivity. I want them in freedom. Moses, you're gonna go and you're gonna be a messenger and you're gonna be my mouthpiece. God sent John the Baptist and said, John the Baptist, you will prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight a path for our God, my son, to come. God sent Elijah. God would send David. God would send Samuel. God would send Paul. Paul says in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, he says bound by the Spirit. Other translation, arrested by the Spirit. I go to Jerusalem. He was sent by God. God God sent Peter. God sent Paul. God sent David. God sent his son. Our God is in the sending business. Anybody thankful today that you don't have to go out on your own because you've been sent by God. The alternative to being sent is went. In other words, sometimes people go do stuff and it's not God and that quickly shows. I want to tell you, Zoe Church is not a went church or a sent church. We've been sent by God. This wasn't our own idea. This wasn't something we conjured. This wasn't something we thought of. This isn't our intellect, our creativity, our innovation. This is God. God's saying, I'm sending you to that city. Our God is ascending. I love this about God. He loves to send people to do a work. He loves to send people to represent his kingdom. Be of good cheer. Our God is in the sending... And let me just speak to you personally now. You've been sent to your job. You've been sent to occupy that street. You've been sent to your neighborhood. It's not a coincidence that you live where you live. It's not a coincidence that you hang with who you hang with. You actually have a mandate from heaven over your life. You've been sent by God for such a time as this. God has sent you. You're on marching orders. You're on mission from God. It's not coincidental. No, it's actually actually divine. Come on, anybody believe in divine appointments, divine direction, divine order? Come on, give God some praise today. If you believe you've been sent by God. He's in the sending business. He's better than FedEx. He's better than UPS because he actually knows what he's doing. In fact, write down number two. God is not random. God is not random. He doesn't just like, God is not, the Bible says God is not a God of chaos or a God of disorder. God is strategic by nature. God knows what he's doing. I grew up in Seattle my whole life and it bothered me being a Seattle sports fan my whole life. And my whole life, I would watch these guys make decisions. I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And they would make these, we would have all these baseball players come through like Alex Rodriguez and Ken Griffey Jr. and Randy Johnson. And they would make the most asinine, insane, stupid decisions. It was the most random thing. And they would let guys go and they would bring these guys in. And the Seattle Supersonics, no wonder why they left. Because we made the most random decisions in the front office ever. I remember one time we let this guy go who was playing for the Sonics. We called him the Rain Man. His name was Sean Kemp. Come on, somebody. Sean Kemp was a bad mamma jamma. I know you got your blade. Griffin Clipper crazies, but we had Sean Camp, okay? He's the original Blake Griffin. And so Sean Camp, the rain man, he was unbelievable. I remember this one time. They actually decided that they were going to bring in this big, tall, white center guy, paid him $70 million, but they refused to give our guy The rain man, his money that was due to him. It was the most, at the time, I remember the Seattle sports page. It was like, what are these guys thinking? It is so random. It is so eclectic. It is so weird. It is so bizarre. Can I encourage you today? God is not random. God is not random. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly where he's going. He's strategic by nature. God has been lining things up. There's a reason why you met so-and-so when you met so-and-so. There's a reason why you moved when you moved. There's a re- God knew the chronological order. He knew the place you needed to be. He needed who you needed to meet. God is a God of strategy. God is a God of order. God is a God that knows where he's going. He has a plan. He has a mission. He has a direction. He sends people. Come on, anybody, thank for today that he's not random and we don't have to try and figure stuff out. No, he's strategic by nature. I'm looking down here in the second row at my friend Omar. And you know that Omar, the first week that I moved out to Los Angeles, California, about two years ago now, it would be two years ago right now, I was actually in Atlanta, in Atlanta at the Catalyst Conference, big conference of 15,000 leaders and preachers. And I was at the conference and I'm back in the green room. It's in between sessions. And I see this guy in the room, in the back green room. And I look at him and I think, that's the coolest man I've ever seen now some of you would be intimidated by coolness but I walked right up to him and I was like excuse me sir you're the coolest person I've ever seen and what are you wearing whose clothes are you I'll never forget this I go whose shirt is that and he's like um oh this is my shirt I was like one time one day in one life I want to be able to say that to somebody oh this shirt that's my shirt. <laughs> he, he's like, this is my shirt. And we start talking and we start striking up a conversation. I said, where are you from? And, and he says, Los Angeles. I said, no way. I, I just moved to Los Angeles last week. And long story short, he and I would exchange information. We would have coffee the next week at Coffee Bean. At the time, I didn't have the heart to tell him how much I hate Coffee Bean. He's my new friend and he's got a cool shirt on, but I hate Coffee Bean. I hate it with a passion. As much as I hate Pete's coffee, I hate Coffee Bean. And, uh, but we met at Coffee Bean. We had a good time. And can I tell you, omar now to this day he's one of my best friends in the whole world because god is not random god is strategic divine appointments come on somebody give him some praise today if you believe your life is not a random life he knows what he's doing he's lining stuff up right down number three because god sees what nobody else sees no one else could see that. No one else knew. God knew that Omar was landed in Atlanta. God knew that I was landed in Atlanta. God knew that I moved to Malibu or to Los Angeles. God knew that that we would we would have friendship and we would be. And so, stop laughing at me about the Malibu joke. I'm so excited to just start throwing out cities. And, uh, I'm like, Is he lying? No, it's just coffee. Um, but we get we we start hanging out and because. God saw what nobody else could see. Can I encourage you today? When everybody else looks at you and sees garbage, our God looks at you and sees gold. When everybody else looks at you and says, let's write them off, our God looks at you and says, let's put them in. God is not a God that has turned his eyes to see what only he can see. No, he's looking to see so, and show the whole world what he can see. He wants people to see the God-given potential, the God dream. No, he's opening up your eyes so that you can see what he sees in you. He's opening up the world's eyes so, he can, so that the world can see what he sees in you. Our God sees what nobody else sees, but in pretty soon, he's going to put it on display for the city to see, for the nation to see, for the world to see. God wants everybody to see what he sees somebody say amen he sees it okay I I text uh, Kelly and Kelly's sitting here in the front row for those of you that don't know Kelly is the executive really uh, assistant of our church and really that's a a cool title for she runs the thing and uh she runs our church and I text Kelly yesterday I said what is our exact attendance last year this Sunday one year ago what was our attendance last year this Sunday And she texted me back and I was flabbergasted cool word right I always think that's a great word. And she texted me back. She said, last year, same weekend, we had 366 people in church, 360. Can I tell you today, there will be some services that almost have that many people in one service, 366. Is that not cool to you? Come on, is that not cool? But can, can, I, can I just say this? When we started our church, a lot of people were naysayers. A lot of people said, why are you going to LA? Why, why LA? Why, why, you know, th- there's this going on, and there's that going on, and there's this, and they tried to poo-poo our dream. Don't let anybody try and write off your dream when it's been validated by God. I know poo-poo's weird, but it's just, it's appropriate. I didn't have another word, but poo-poo works because you know what it meant. You guys laugh at me so much, I'm going to start taking it personal. But, but, but the reality is, and when we started, you know, we had some services. They're like nobody here. And I remember Christmas service last year. It was like me, Winston, Georgia, Julia, and Dana. That's it. That's, that's all that showed up that service. But you know what I, you know what I, you know, I was at such a rest. I knew i have been sent by God and I knew God can see what I cannot see. God can see. He's, he's working things out. You know a prayer you ought to pray? You ought to pray this way. God, thank you for all the things that you're doing that I can not yet see. I know you're working things on my behalf. I know you're, you're lining up divine appointments. I know you're going before me. I know you're working things out. God sees what you cannot see. And I'm thankful today that our God, he doesn't just, he, you know, that actually the Bible says that the secrets are of the Lord are with those who fear him. So in other words, please watch very carefully. God sees things that you don't see and he'll actually be willing to tell you if you walk in the fear of the Lord, he'll be, he'll start to download the revelations and insights that he has for your life. If you walk humbly before him, amen. So God is in the sending business. God actually is not random. He's strategic. In fact, uh, just just so that we don't miss this verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it talks about how God has set the members in the body. Just watch. but But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. In other words, God chose this church to do this thing and this church to do that thing and this church to do this thing and this person to do that. God is not random. He's strategic. He chose to place you in this place. He sees what you don't see. I can go all day long and Ezekiel. When Ezekiel, God God sent this prophet, Ezekiel, and he said, Ezekiel, do you see these dry bones? In the natural, Ezekiel saw dry bones. But in the supernatural, God saw an army that would be raised up. He says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, you prophesy to these dry bones. In other words, you go to Los Angeles and everybody else might write that city off. Everybody else might see debauchery. Everybody else might see entertainment. Everybody else might see idolatry. But I see an army that's being raised up. Prophesy to those dry bones. I see what nobody else sees. You're looking in the natural. I'm the God of the supernatural. And then write down the last one, number four. It's what I love about God. God will help us. He's going to help us. Church, be of good cheer. He's going to help us. Worship team, you can come back up. But I just, I got to end with saying this. God is in the sending business. He is not random. He is strategic. God sees what you cannot see. But just a heads up, when God sends you, as the Father has sent me, I send you. God is going to help you fulfill the call of God on your life. Watch what God does. John chapter 20, verse 21. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. This is beautiful. This is riveting. This is incredible. This is dynamic. This is the word of the of the Lord to our church. This is awesome. But you know what? Don't get hung up on John 20 21 when you can read John 20 verse 22. Because the next verse the very next line it says, he says, as the Father sent me, I also send you. Then he breathes on them the Holy Spirit. Let me just say this to you. If God called you to it, he will see you through it. If God asked you to do something, he would never send you out without equipping you. In fact, in the, with the disciples, when he sent them out, he says, I send you out with all authority. I send you out wherever you go. You can lay hands on the sick. Wherever you go, you can cast out demons. Wherever you, Because God never sends you out without the power to fulfill the call. Some of you might get overwhelmed because you're looking at Los Angeles, 8 million people. And we're talking about the Valley. We're talking about the South Central. We're talking about the South Bay and downtown, the East side, the West side of Malibu. We're talking about the city of LA, 8 million people, a melting pot of culture, 42 million visitors a year. We're talking about the city of angels. Can I tell you, I don't get intimidated because I know my God is going to see me through. I know Holy Spirit is going to help me. I know I got an active agent. I know I got somebody that's leading me and guiding me. And teaching me and instructing me. The Holy Spirit showing me, talk to this person. The Holy Spirit, stay away from that person. The Holy Spirit giving me insight and revelation to fulfill the call of God and the mandate that's on my life. God will help you. Come on, stand to your feet, Zoe. Our job is to not come into this city And to declare, Zoe Church, we are greatness. I think quite the opposite. Our job is to come into Los Angeles and make a vow and a commitment to the Lord. Lord, I know I'm broken. I know I'm a mess. I know I don't deserve your grace. I know I fall short every single day. I know I don't have all the answers. I know I don't know all the scriptures. I know I got a long way to go. I cannot commit to you greatness, but I can declare to you my faithfulness. I pray that at the end of Zoe Church, after years and years and years of faithfulness, that we can actually accumulate accumulate an aggregate of faithfulness that will turn in to a huge amount of greatness. But we're not starting off going like, we're going to be great for you, God. We're going to change the world. No, we're just sent to the city to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful today and then I'm going to try and be faithful tomorrow. And on Tuesday, I'm going to be faithful. On Wednesday, I'm going to get up and say, God, use me in the city. I'm going to occupy my street. I'm going to occupy my lane. I'm going to, oh, come on, am I preaching to anybody that says, God, help me to be faithful. I'm going to ask the team to put up a A slide, and can I see this ransom letter? But I thought it'd be cool if we did a who, what, when, where, why, how kind of declaring to us as a church what are we really saying and what God is really asking of us in this next year. Well, the who is quite simple it's you and I, it's us. If you call Zoe your home, this word is to us sent to this city. We've been sent to the city when? Right now. If you're waiting for the perfect time, the perfect time will never come. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, only a fool waits for perfect conditions. The time is now. The time is now to invite. The time is now to occupy. The time is now to be the salt. The time is now to be the light. Come on, anybody believe it's a right now word. It's a right now season. When? Now. Where? To Los Angeles, California. Why? Why are we doing this? So people can know God. And they can find freedom. Come on, that's connect groups. They can discover their gift. You ought to come to Growth Track today. And they can make a difference in this city. That's joining the dream team and serving on Sundays. That's why we exist. We exist for those four things. Somebody say amen. amen. You say, well, how? How are we going to accomplish it? All of that's awesome. Sent to the city, Los Angeles. God's a sender. That's exciting. How in the world can we fulfill that? I'll tell you three things that God is saying to our church today. We will fulfill this by falling passionately in love with Jesus Christ. In other words, please hear me. Our passion is not the commissioning and being sent. Our passion is Jesus. We're not in love with our marching orders. We're in love with our Jesus. I only follow the marching orders because I'm in love with him. We'll do it by being faithful, being faithful every day, and we'll do it by taking big risks. And I just wanna tell you, if you're part of Zoe Church, we are a risk-taking church. We love to take risks. Recently, I've been listening to a podcast by a person named Craig Rochelle. Craig Rochelle currently has the largest church in the history of America. Over 100,000 people in his church in Oklahoma. 100,000 people in one church. He said something so fascinating to me that really resonated with Zoe Church. He said, tweaks have never changed the world. Small little tweak here, adding a service, service times, having a a, a cool little handout or a hat. Tweaks never change the world. He said, bold moves, that's what changes the world. It's a bold move to launch a church. It's a bold move to start a college for young people. It's a bold move to start a conference. And I'll tell you, in 2017, we're going to take some bold moves. Just a heads up, you're never going to stay comfortable in this church because we're always going to risk. We're always going to do more things. Come on, we're going to plant more campuses. We're going to add more services. We're going to do some things that press the envelope and push the limit. Come on, anybody excited to reach the city of Los Angeles? Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.